0: Hola, hola. Welcome everybody to season three of the Chicago Techies podcast, a podcast focused on highlighting the voices of Chicago techies and their experiences. This season, we'll be hearing from seasoned entrepreneurs to rising stars making their mark. We'll dive into their triumphs, their challenges, and all their unique experiences that have shaped their journeys. I'm Sissy Fisher Benitez. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Lauren. Uh, thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Chicago Techies podcast. How are you? I'm
1: doing all right. Doing all right. You know, it's a, a Tuesday afternoon. Can't complain. It's a,
0: it's a Tuesday afternoon. And actually, funny enough, this episode is, airs tomorrow. <laughs>
1: well, not a Tuesday
0: afternoon. <laughs> um, so crazy. Yeah. Um, because I, we already talked about this. My, 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 my vacation schedule was a little messed up. But starting next week, I'll definitely be ahead of the podcast. But I'm excited that people are kind of getting like a live, yeah. <laughs> live insights. Um, yeah, sure. But anyway, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Like, you know, your name, your pronouns, uh, where you and your family are originally from, or just, you know, you and uh, your current role. Okay, sure.
1: Um yeah, my name is uh Lauren Velasquez and my pronouns are ea she they. Um I'm from Chicago, like I was born in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um but between like 10 and 20 um years old, uh me and my family were out in the burbs. Um but I commuted still to the city, so I'm always like I feel like verbs kind of live there, but I consider myself a Chicagoan, um, nice. but my, uh, yeah, but my, my, my parents, um, my dad is from Colombia and my mom is from El Salvador. So I was like raised in like an immigrant household, you know, so yeah. moved around until we got like, they were able to like get, um you know, a house, like buy a house and that's where we ended up.
0: So. Yeah, you got that Latin sazon that we yeah. all have, right? Um, yeah. But um, so what? So did you grow up? So you grew up here then? And so what was that experience like growing up with immigrant parents? You know, I wonder if it was similar because I I moved here when I was eleven. But I I, I guess I want to hear your perspective growing up here and kind of I'm assuming growing up low income from what I know about you. Walk me through your like early days right before high school.
1: Yeah. So. Um... So I was, I was born in like the Ravenswood Lincoln square area, like born at like Ravenswood hospital, which doesn't exist anymore. And, um, it was basically like, like we lived in, I guess I don't have memories from like before my brother was born. He was born like when I was like six or so, I don't I remember like my parents were separated because at the time they would fight a lot. So it was like, I would spend like a weekend with some parent with one parent and then a weekend with another parent. And then, I don't know what happened all of a sudden my brother you know like they were pregnant so they got together again I guess and then that's like when I remember like more of like oh we lived in like a a one bedroom or like a I think we lived in like a studio or we lived in like like we co-owned or co um rented with like another family where one one family was in the bedroom and the other family was in the living room or something like that um and like before that like I was used to like my mom having like roommates um and just kind of like you know like we would like it was the same kind of concept like one person would have like living room one person would have like um like the other family would have um the bedroom so I feel like I grew up in that and then um yeah when I was 10 they had raised up enough money for at least a down payment and uh we moved out to the suburbs when I was like 10 I went to so at first I was here at um at St. Matthias like as like a grade schooler and then transitioned to private or to public school over there in Melrose Park then for high school went back to um, the city um, to Resurrection High School which was an all-girls school which was the um, reaction of like my sister um, being a teen mom (laughs) and so it's (laughs) like let's make sure that you're away from all the guys and grow up a little awkward, but it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm like necessarily straight. So did that work? I mean, whatever. <laughs> so
0: Yeah. Love it. Love it. Now, once you settled into high school, you know, like, let, let's start, you're, I'm assuming you that's when you really kind of start thinking about Mm-hmm. oh shit college is coming next you know like what am i what do i want to do like what like what were your career interests i guess early on in high school that you thought you might want to go in for undergrad
1: yeah my earliest um like recollection of this is what i want to do for the rest of my life was when it was sophomore year where we were learning like biology um like genetics like punnett squares and you know big b little b kind of like stuff and then um we were also in English class, like reading about uh, Frankenstein. And I was like, Ooh, this, I want to be a scientist. I want to like do this like wild stuff and just like be <laughs> in that, in that space. Um, so that was, that was what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to cure cancer one day. Like I want to do whatever, you know, biochem. That sounds fun. <laughs> For college, I went to Loyola university, um, Chicago. So I knew that I was going to have to stay in the city. I was going to have to commute. So just that's, that was like what, what it was. Cause even though my parents like, you know, traveled so many miles are in a different country, (laughs) they would guilt me about like, oh my gosh, what do you mean you want to leave? So I was like, all right, (laughs) I guess (laughs) Chicago it is.
0: (laughs) What, what was, was biology your major?
1: So my major was, um, bioinformatics, which is bio chem computer science statistics like all in one and then I was like double majoring in molecular biology to kind of like get that um that that uh I don't know that like full rounded like ooh, I could be a scientist one day um
0: more like a you're like a genius then (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm a genius
1: I you know C's get degrees like that's that's the truth
0: (laughs) I love that. Well, walk me through your college experience. You know, quick, like what did Lauren want to do? Um, in those four years.
1: Yeah. Um. So when I joined, you know, I, I, uh, I was actually first on a probation. Um. There because my although I had like good grades, um, like GPA, my S or ACT score was like a twenty two, and they really required like a twenty four. So I had to be on probation for the first two years where like I had to have like a certain GPA and whatever. And Mm. so that was, that was stressful. I feel like it was stressful. And also like my first year, that was like the year that I got like the lowest grades because I was just like used to high school where like I didn't have to study all that much. And then here it was like, oh shit, I really have to know my material, you know? (laughs) And so that was, that was hard. Um, I, you know, I, I made a lot of friends. A lot of people were, like, pre-med, including, like, I guess I wasn't really pre-med. I wanted more, like, to do the research kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I ended up, like, opting out of that. So during those four, those four years, I was taking a lot of classes. I was having, like, the internships because I, I, I had heard, like, you don't, like, you need experience before you, like, leave college in order to, like, have a job. And so I was like, um, working, um, like on campus through like, like as a statistical advisor at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also, um, like I found like an internship outside of school where I was working as like a, like a Spanish interpreting, like web developer, like thing, just like translating strings really. Um, at the time I was also like interested in, um, like going into medicine but more for research and so I was to try to make myself like look good I was doing a lot of like volunteering and so I actually volunteered at this place called community health um where they needed like people to speak Spanish and like translate Mm -hmm. between the doctors and the patients um and that was a really like cool and humbling experience a lot of the people that were there they uh didn't have insurance um and so it was like you'd have like long like 9 month waits um to get like seen f- like for like an eye exam and stuff like that. So it was just like man, healthcare here <laughs> it's
0: uh <Yeah>. rough. <laughs> I feel like you got like a like a lot of different areas in your internship like span you know from research to like uh web developer for translating spanish content to this to that medical place. So how did you come across those internships. Was it through the school?
1: Well, through the research stuff, I needed that as like part of like to graduate so that I was able to get through school and like mm-hmm. talking to different advisors. Um for that, that was really cool research looking at um the effects of uh fetal alcohol syndrome like basically alcohol and using um the zebra fish as a model and trying to see like is there a way to like reverse like when um there's like, you know, fetal alcohol syndrome when like the fetus yeah. is like with like all this, you know, alcohol and like trying to see if we could like reverse some of those, um, like effects. So that was really interesting research. Um, but of course like research is so long. And so I only got to like be there for like a little bit, which was just kind of like trying to test out, you know, putting alcohol on some of these like zebrafish embryos. So that was like through school. And then the developer part that one I found on Craigslist <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I'll do what you got to do. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see
0: what. Else? Well, because typically like schools put together career fairs. But if I remember, I never even went to those. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know those were like happening half the time. I feel like I, there was, you know, when you're like a first gen student, you kind of have this disconnect. From, you know, from everything that is going on around the schools and all the opportunities and and all the resources that you can actually like tap into and leverage. So that's where I was curious if you actually did like leverage, um, Mm -hmm. you know, some resources provided by the school or if you found your own. And it sounds like you it was a mix.
1: (laughs) It was mixed, but I would say definitely like finding my own because I feel like I yeah, I definitely resonates like being a first gen. It's so it's so hard. Like even like going back to like high school, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. We go and visit schools and we look at them and see if we like them. Okay. Didn't know that was a thing. Oh, I need to like, yep. Yep. you know, Oh, extracurriculars that makes you good for that. Okay. Wait, scholarships. It was hard because like, I couldn't really ask my parents for like help with homework. Cause it was like in English or, yep. you know, and so it was like having to kind of do that on your own. And so like college is just like this other, this one more overwhelming thing I think I like what I had to learn was the skill of just like putting myself out there and just like it's hard not knowing what you don't know and just trying your best to try to figure it out. And so I feel like that's why I was able to get a lot of these like opportunities because I just like would throw myself out there and kind of like ask the questions and you know, see what's out there. Yeah. So it was, it was yeah. a skill. In the end. <laughs> that,
0: that's kind of what I did too, when I was like transitioning jobs and like figuring it out, putting yourself out there. So that's, that's definitely something that you have to kind of acquire, right. That skill. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's, let's uh, shift to your career. So you actually are a software engineer. So mm-hmm. what got you interested in software engineering from like being in bio, you know, in uh Um, Molecular biology and all, and bioinformatics and everything else. Like, what prompted you kind of to check out software engineering?
1: Yeah. So, as part of um bioinformatics, that is is using like computer science, or like using like like building out programs to like read um DNA sequences and like you know just trying to like enhance or like trying to 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 facilitate things. And so that's kind of like where my first um like, uh, taste into it was, was kind of, like, seeing, like, oh, okay, like, I could, like, build a little thing that, you know, can, like, translate RNA into, you know, DNA and and whatnot, and so that's, like, where I got started, because, like, I didn't know what computer science was, like, I I had heard of it um, in college at, like, one of the fairs or whatever, and they were explaining, like, all the different majors. I was, like, oh, computer science, there's some kind of six thousand dollar grant. Okay, I guess I could look into like those kind of, like, you know, because I gotta pay for school. <laughs> so like sure, let's double <laughs> major in that. Um, and so I, I think that was kind of like where I first had heard about it. But then when I was actually in the classes, I was not good at it. Like I needed so much help. I actually didn't want to do any computer science. That's why I ended up going and getting like a master's in applied statistics, because I was like, numbers make more sense than code does. Cause like code I don't understand. And so it's I didn't I didn't see myself as being a software engineer Mm. so
0: yeah and and you did mention to me before that you had taken a python class right that kind of changed your perspective in software engineering oh yeah
1: yeah (laughs) it was like I had just I had graduated and I was like I hate computer science this is dumb (laughs) and then
0: (laughs) I was like all right
1: well maybe I could just try it and like see you know and so I, I took like a a class um by this, like, through Coursera. It's, like, this guy named Dr. Charles Severance. And it's so funny. In, like, one of his intro videos, he was, like, explaining how he, like, loves teaching. He had, like, a little sleeve that had, like, you know, um, like, Coursera. Like, he had, like, tattoos of, like, these, like, learning platforms, like Blackboard and (laughs) Sakai. So I was like, this guy's dope. (laughs) And he just, like, was able to break things down into a way that I was like, oh, wow, that clicks, that connects, like, you know, and I think it also helped that it was Python, and not like Java, which was like my first programming language in school. And I was like, this is dumb, but Python was not (laughs) dumb in my head.
0: So, yeah, I love that. And so tell me, and I also know that you were very involved in like volunteering in the community, like, you know, doing nonprofit work. Um, can you share some of those experiences that you that you did uh where you leveraged kind of like your your data background and whatnot? Um,
1: yeah, so I was a consultant at the time and had tableau on my computer, like my work computer, and I had joined a couple of groups like um on call scientists and um statistics without Borders, which is a group within the american statistical association um and I had seen that they would send out emails of like, hey, who can like help and work on this. And so there was a couple that were like, Hey, we need some like data visualization stuff. And so, um, you know, that's like when I started volunteering, like back in like 2014 to like 2015, 2016, like earlier years. So I did um, some visualizations uh, about the Ebola outbreak, um, in Sierra Leone, Guinea and Liberia. And, um, then eventually did, um, and like, uh, the vi- visualization for the Nepal earthquake and that actually got published, which was really cool. Um, and just after a while I became the person that, uh, it, within the group, um, that I was like their data visualization, like lead. So they would be, they would That's hit cool. me up personally yeah, and be like, yeah. Hey, we have this group. They need help with this, you know, go for it.
0: That's awesome. I mean, what an opportunity to get published and and work on something that like really matters, you know, as opposed to like, I don't know. I'm sure that was fulfilling for you.
1: Oh yeah. It was super fulfilling. And that like led to like so many other like opportunities of like hey, like they need help with this, they need help with that, right? Um after a while, a couple of things that were data visualization related, but it was also like hey, is there um, anyone that can help like get um, data in a good state for like, you know, working with it? Um, and so one, one group I worked with was like doing the um, Myanmar like budget analysis. And so what they had is they had um, an Excel sheet that they got this like in this in this exact same format every month. And what they needed to do was kind of put this into a dashboard and so there had been somebody who was working on that dashboard but there was no one who had who was working on the actual um like manipulating the data so that it could be put into this dashboard format and so that's like where i had just finished my python class and i was like well you know i could i could try um and like let's see what happens like it seems like i could this is like a cool opportunity i could try to figure it out you know and i also had like friends who were software engineer. So like, in case I was doing it wrong, I could always like Mm -hmm. ask for help. And so I, um, I ended up doing that. And that was such a fulfilling thing because they were, you know, like, I remember I got like shout outs on LinkedIn and like, you know, I had like, it was just, it was just like nice to be recognized, but more important, it was like really amazing to feel useful and like helping others not have to deal with tedious work. And just like, like I have, an opportunity to like automate things and like make it better for other people. So like, that was like, I think like after volunteering so much throughout like my life, that's like where it like boiled down to is like, I really like this kind of stuff. Like, I yeah. want to feel like I can empower other people to like, you know, not have to deal with, with like more like the tedious stuff and really focus on like the stuff that's important that they're, they like specialize in, Yeah, you know?
0: so. That's amazing. And, and I mean, I'm sure all of those experiences like helped you shape your career pathway. Right. Because people are looking at that stuff in your in your resume, in your LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm sure like that's really it, it was just more and more than anything, like enriching for you as well to kind of like land that mm-hmm. first opportunity. So speaking of first opportunities or at least first times, um, <laughs> I think we might have overlapped at Nova. Mm-hmm. when you because I saw in your LinkedIn that that was your first um or at least your first corporate setting was that is that right or yeah. did you have another corporate before
1: I would say that that was the first well that was so let's see I was a consultant first for like a small um like 20 person you know uh, company and then after I had like done all this like um this like like a in, or um volunteer work. I then started trying to apply to jobs and then I I got a job as a software engineer but like I wasn't supported there and it didn't go well. Yeah. And so that didn't work out and then it's when I was like okay, well, I guess maybe software engineering isn't isn't the thing I could do. I should do and so I went to ANOVA as a data analyst. As a data, yeah.
0: I saw that, that you were doing more data engineer work. Um, mm-hmm. Or, yeah, data engineering work. But anyway, mm-hmm. we're not here to speak about that. We're here to speak about your career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So now, as you join, like, your first corporate setting, what goes through your mind, really, like, as you talk a little bit about it, how you weren't supported, you know, like how you were having some difficult times at other settings. So like, what have you, like what did you learn during those difficult challenging times that, you know, you, that you weren't being supported?
1: Yeah. I, I learned that like, so before I was in this mindset of like, I want to be at a startup because that's like where all the cool software engineers go and whatever. But what they don't t- tell you i mean i guess maybe they do tell you about and i just wasn't listening was like it's a it's a lot of long hours it's a lot of like you know not necessarily being respected <laughs> and um just like a lot of boundaries being crossed and so i learned that like like when i went to this like big corporation like anova it was a complete you know 180 like it wasn't that it was like everything like moves way slower. There's just like way more, I guess, like checks and balances. And so that was like, I think what I needed at that time, because I had not gotten that kind of stuff at like the startup I had first worked at. And so, and it was also really nice to have like a woman manager. So, so it was just like really nice to kind of like be in a place where I was supported, where deadlines and like expectations were clear. And that there were other people who like weren't drowning and could help you out. So like, I learned that like support is like a big thing I want in a company or like anywhere that I work.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. I agree. I I feel like that, that's like a common problem everywhere, you know, like with, um, with organizations not really putting, and or, or making an effort to make sure that their employees are taken care of or are getting the support that they need. I think they're just so focused on like building, 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 make making money, money, you know, like rather than really like supporting their people. And that's mm-hmm. that's unfortunate. I feel like I in my last six years in my career, you know, in tech, I feel like I've seen that happen often. Um, mm-hmm. And in particular, like two employees are leaving their managers. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because it's, it's not, um, it's not always healthy in, in these places. So yeah, no, definitely not. But you so you be, you transitioned back to software engineering after data after becoming a data analyst at I right? So and then you've been consistently working as a software engineer since then. So mm-hmm what like normally what do you do to prepare for interviews what do you do to prepare for you know that next step how do you know when you're ready to take the next step
1: how do I know when I'm ready to take the next step is when I feel like the current step I'm on is not doing it for me anymore you know like I'm not getting like my needs met and that's like really like when I'm like all right I need to go when I check in with my mental health and it's like, oh, it's not doing so well. It's like, yeah, it's probably like a symptom of work. (laughs) So that's kind of how I've known. And then like how I prepare from, uh, going to the next step is really just like, I, I make a spreadsheet and, um, I kind of like put like, what's the mission of the company there? Like I'm comparing all of these, um, across like all the places that I'm applying for. So I'm like comparing what's the mission, um, what the like vibe and expectations like if it's if it makes uh, if it's more on the ambiguous side or if it's more on the like we have like structure. I also always ask like about how, what the um, diversity, um, equity, and inclusion is like, um, and also uh, I I al- in my interviews I always ask like how do you support people in terms of like preparing for like interviews see like what the, like after I get a feel for like what kind of work it's going to be. Um I then just kind of do some touches of like, okay, so if we're going to do rails, I'm going to like brush up on rails and maybe I'll go through like a tutorial or something of like to try to build something so that it's like fresh in my mind. But otherwise I'm not, I'm not necessarily doing like any kind of like algorithm stuff. I think that mm-hmm. that stuff is in my opinion, my humble opinion, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> like, I just don't see how like, Me building, like me being able to explain, like how I can like create a tic tac toe, you know, game, (laughs) is going to be helpful. When it's like, am I going to be? Is that what I'm going to be doing? Because then, then that will be helpful. But if it's like, am I able to like take an ambiguous problem and have conversations with stakeholders, and then like actually build off of what their needs are? Like, I think that's more important. Like having more of realistic. You know, kind of job interviews I think is like more useful than like, are you smart enough? Like, you know, how many yeah. trees would it take to like cover the whole world? You know, like no.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I get that, and it, I mean, it sounds like you really do your like due diligence on on this on what whatever opportunity you're looking at. I think I find that I admire that. I think there, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And it's, you know, and you're also doing some self work, self work on yourself. Like you're looking to Mm -hmm. um, review things, fresh up, freshen up on things. Your continuous learning um, is like top of mind. So that's, that's awesome. That's also something that I like to do too. uh, Especially when it comes to the DI. uh, I'm very, very picky about that. Um, I feel like we all know um, the true true state of how the AI works and either you're doing it or you're not doing it. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I like, I will, like one of my questions is, do you have like a group? Because I, I mean, I'm going to be selfish and I'm not going to be a part of the person who will start it because then that means there's going to be so much work and it might not be set up for success. And like, I don't think that's going to be good for me. Like I need to feel like I'm at a company where, it is already been a priority and I can just add to it, not like yeah. start, you know? So, yeah. yeah I and feel like.
0: And sorry. No, you're a hundred percent right. Because that happened to me. I was yeah. that person that had to, that helped build that, that, uh, that, uh, community at Innova, um, the ERGs, the diverse, like the DI, you know, how to think about it. And, and in the end I ended up losing. So yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't supported. It, it didn't mm-hmm. work out like, I had to leave that place, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: That's the sad truth. Like, that's, that's what it, I feel like the things I've learned is because they've been learned the hard way, (laughs) you know? And it's like, yeah, like now I definitely, I I used to be like, I will take any opportunity for like, to be a software engineer. And now I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, I like, I'm at a point where I feel like I have like the privilege to say yes or no to jobs. You know, cause like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's bitten me before where it's like, I end up being the first, like, you know, diversity person, which then feels very tokenizing only to then not be supported. And then be, it be like, oh, well, you know, we were just so excited that you were, you know, not a man or not white or whatever. And they don't tell me this, but they'll tell like other people this, or like, you can kind of read between the lines. And so it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put myself through that. Um, I
0: mean, not gonna lie, you can go to like built in web, like Chicago, all the all the startup pages, and you can see all the people in the photographs are people mm-hmm. of color, the majority of them are people of color or women, hmm. um, when that's not truly reflective of the community inside the company at all. So definitely very misleading. And I think Yeah, companies should do better, but hey. But anyway, so I also, so, you know, you continue your path in software engineering and you also became uh, an adjunct professor, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I did that for like a quick minute, um, but it quickly went away after the pandemic. But yeah, it was, I don't even know how it happened. I think it was like a, a community, like email or whatever, like in the Python community, was like, hey, like, there's like people like DePaul is looking for like, um, like professors to, just to teach a class, and I just applied and I was like, okay, like, I'll do it. And so my interview was basically teach a class, and they they really liked it. And so I um I ended up like becoming an adjunct professor for students in particular, like in this program for um international students who were trying to get their masters. It was different, you know, because like there was also there was like a some language barrier sometimes and like yeah. trying to figure out, like, how can I, you know, make this as accessible as possible, yeah. you know, and like and, and that was that was hard. Um, but, yeah, it was a very humbling experience. It was like, oh, I I don't know. It was it was different. <laughs> and I only got to do it for like a little bit because then COVID happened. Yeah. I like,
0: so, I mean, is it OK? Can we talk about your work? Or no, like your sure. company. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I see that, you know, I, I know, I know you for a while, so I know that you <laughs> yeah. work at Reverb. Yes. Um, and from what you've just shared about doing your due diligence, I'm excited to hear more a little bit about them. You know, like what, the, what, what does your day-to-day look like? What do you do there? Um, I'm a
1: software engineer. Um, I've been there for almost four years coming up in May, um, which is, it's been a while. So next year I'll get a sabbatical. Awesome or something that's awesome. yeah that's what they say yeah and so what i've um the way that i started there it was like i would do transactions like i was on the transactions team so i would help um like trying to make it easier for the sellers uh to get their money cuz like that was their business and stuff mm-hmm. so so i was working on that after a while uh, of doing anything that was like where's my money questions um i transitioned to another team called seller growth, where it was like trying to facilitate like, um, like uh, seller interactions, trying to make things easier for them, trying to make things better, like, you know, updating um, the the pages that they use to, to like work for them instead of against them, you know, and like listening to what they wanted. And now um, I just got added to this team, which is more of like a an internal tools team where I help um, the customer service folks and try to make their lives easier. So now yeah. I'm actually like working on the things that I like. So like yeah. trying to, you know, have it so that they work on less tedious stuff that can just be automated and work on like more impactful things for them. So
0: that's... Better internal futures, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. I- yes exactly. <laughs> when I first transitioned to tech at at Groupon, you know, I was part of the customer service team. So we actually got to send a lot of feedback to, um, oh, yeah. to the engineers and the product managers and all to like fix this thing or fix this thing, or this thing is not working. <laughs> so yeah. I can, I can, I can empathize with that, but that's exciting. Well, I kind of, I want to, sh- you know, shift to just like your uh, future aspirations and like maybe sharing some advice for people that are listening. So sure. for anyone that, basically has faced or is facing similar challenges um, that you have gone through you've talked, shared today, you know, what advice would you share about either breaking into tech about continuous learning, difficult times, you know, at their workplace? Like what, what can yeah. you share based on your experiences?
1: I think definitely um, find your community um, in terms of like when things are hard, I think like that's like who you need to rely on, but also not in an overwhelming way. So also get a therapist if you don't have one already. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, yeah, don't want a trauma
0: dump. Um, not too much. My, anyways. my therapist and I are going into three years. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So um, I think that's been really helpful. Uh, one of the jobs that I had uh, that was it was particularly difficult because we had uh, the CETO who was um, just doing a lot of, like, inappropriate things. Like, you could see, like, some sexism and, like, racism kind of things. And so for that, it was it was bad, good and bad that, like, most of us, like, I think, like, seven of us, we all quit one summer because we were, like, we can't deal with this anymore. And mm-hmm. so we had, like, that kind of community. But then it was also, like, bad because we were all experiencing this, like, you know, trauma. Um, yeah. And so – for that, it was, like, really nice to talk to them and just kind of, like, I don't know, like, just say, like, hey, today, like, stunk or, oh, I was – like, I uh, I got triggered today or, or whatever. So I think one is just, like, having community and people that you trust to talk to. I think um, in terms of, like, trying to find jobs, too, I've been really fortunate that I've, like, made a tech community specifically so, like, I can, like, you know – ask around and kind of see like, Hey, what do people like look for? You know, like I have friends that are, um, you know, engineering managers and I can say like, what do you like look for? Like if you, if I were to like interview, like, what do I need? You know? And so like, it's been nice to kind of have that like insider like view because I have friends who are in these positions or even just like software engineers in other places, like they can kind of say like what they're looking for. And then I have, I can kind of like create goals for myself, like okay maybe i need to like be more strong in front-end engineer like engineering mm-hmm. so that i can be more full like considered more full stack and like try to apply to those positions so i think just like getting having having community is like a big thing um for me i know like what's what's helpful for me is always um like i learn by doing and that's why i am a person who will look at tutorials. I will also challenge myself by like joining um different volunteer groups that I find um so I think that's how I've done it. Yeah. It won't it might not work for everyone, but if you're in that position where you have a job and you can um you know, you have you have the mental energy capacity to also do that other stuff, that works.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And actually, you just reminded me of something that I want to talk about that I saw in one of your notes to me one day. (laughs) (laughs) So you talked about how you were feeling um, guilty from your success and, you know, know, that you do feel pride, but at the same time, you also feel guilt because, you know, it's like literally like starting from the bottom that we're here (laughs) (laughs) mentality and like, but, you know, I feel like that's very common, I think among women and I'm well, not maybe not just women I think maybe m- minorities, but I feel like that's I also feel that guilt sometimes of you know, my parents had to work awful jobs for me to be here. Yeah. um but I think I think I'm trying to I try to shift that mentality to saying exactly like my parents had to do all of these sacrifices so that we didn't have to and now we're just. Like enjoying that experience that they were able to gift us. Um, yeah so you shouldn't you shouldn't feel super guilty.
1: <laughs> I know it's it's just like so hard because it was like, you know, I came from, okay, we you know, one parent would work, first shift, the other parent would work, second shift. And then for like two hours, I had to make sure that I didn't open the door because child services might take us away because that's not like legal, you know? And so it was was like that. And then like now I like work and I have a good job and I've been able to afford a lot of things. But like that's literally what they came here for. You know, they came to the States to try to build a better life for their children. That is happening. But it also feels like weird,
0: you (laughs) know, that you also have given back so much. You have volunteered so much. You have like done your work. Like, you know, you are not just like sitting here enjoying and being mean to people. Like you're That's doing, true. you're doing, you're putting in all the work too. And like, I know that at one point you mentioned before to me that, you know, from being on WIC to like be, yeah. to having free lunches, all that, like we now pay for our unemployment benefits. We now, we have paid taxes for all these things. So like, it's we are, we're also giving back, even if we don't think about it, because it's coming out of our paychecks, but it's happening. You know, That's we're true. contributing to this fund that maybe we'll use again one day if we get laid off and we don't have a job, you know. Um, so I was like, I need to make sure I mention those things to her yeah. so she can start thinking differently. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. I think it's also part of just growing up, like, Latino Catholic. And growing there was, up like, Latina, yeah. <laughs> all that, but also like Catholic. And you know, it's like, Sin this, and that, like guilt this, guilt for that. Sure.
0: For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with that. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, well, let's 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 go for the last question. Um, what is what does your future look like? What are your career aspirations?
1: Yeah, so um me being a recovering type A personality, I'm getting a degree in sustainability because why not? <laughs> it's been something that like has been on my mind. I, I really feel like, I think in general, I've always kind of felt these like call to actions to like make changes. And that's why I volunteer so much. And now I'm like ready to just like, all right, let's go sustainability. And so the, um, I had struggled a lot with like, okay, I I've built my career up so much. I don't want it to go away. I've gotten used to things, you know, like, 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 you know, to be honest, the money, like I've gotten used (laughs) to like, just like a certain standard of living. And I'm not like trying to like, you know, make it go away. And I I worked so hard to get here. But then through me, again, through talking to people, talking to like different, um, sustainability folks, I found that there is a way to marry both sustainability and being in tech. And it's called digital sustainability. So that's Mm -hmm. like trying to, um, it's It's very like new. Um, there's not like a lot of information out there for it, but that's kind of like where i'm I'm trying to get to. and so and that's just like the like trying to make it so that like um, websites have a, a smaller carbon footprint. And so I think that that's gonna be something that's like going to be taking off soon. I think it's like started already, but just kind of like that's kind of where I'm gonna try to do both like sustainability and software engineering and just kind of continue on and. Who knows, maybe one day I'll be like some chief sustainability officer or something. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and also you mentioned when we were on our bike ride a few months <laughs> ago <laughs> that, yeah. that you wanted to potentially look into like angel investing too, like yeah. looking at sustainability companies and, and whatnot. So is that still kind of like in your dream pipeline?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think I definitely want to do that and that's kind of why I was like okay I'm going to get this degree and kind of like understand a little bit more of like what I don't know part of the degree will have like you know um like economics and policy kind of classes and like just like different business classes so I think that'll be good and yeah I'm I definitely want to be able to like put my money like where my mouth is like in 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 those kinds of bigger like spaces and and that's something that like has also just like followed me throughout because I've even like started like before the pandemic I started like a scholarship at like my old high school where because I was got I got like scholarships from there I made a scholarship and I called it the pitch please (laughs) like
0: scholarship I love that yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you do it every year
1: I was doing it um and then the pandemic happened and then I kind of just stopped so and at that point also I had like lost my job during the pandemic and I was like I can't afford anything but myself right now so yeah. no,
0: that's taking weird. a break
1: but, but I would love to get back into being able to like fund you know scholarships angel investments like just kind of maybe reduce that guilt of yeah. like me being here <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a pleasure. It was so fun chatting with you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> All right, <Okay>. good. <laughs> see ya. All right, see ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Chicago Techies Podcast. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue the conversation on social media. We are at Chicago Techies on all social media platforms. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.